Attention audience, we're back with part two of March Madness. Now, I hope everyone got a chance to watch all their favorite movies and join us in that first round crazy knockout that we had. Uh, and I'm hoping everyone came back because I'm excited for round two. And I know you guys are, right? Ding, ding. Oh. <laughs> oh. Well played. Well played. I didn't like that at all. <laughs> Um, no, 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 absolutely. I think uh, round one went very, very well. There was uh, there were some 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 unshocked decisions and a, a few a few interesting uh, interesting wild cards there too. Mm-hmm. Um, round one went great. Rest in peace, uh, Groundhog's Day. Rest in yeah. R.I.P. Groundhog Day. <laughs> Hashtag R.I.P. Groundhog Day. <laughs> yes. Poor Groundhog. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's uh, another six weeks of winter. On, Hit us up on Twitter with the hashtag RIP Groundhog Day if you're listening to March Madness. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, once again, I guess it's, if you listen to last week, it's the same crew. It's Jordan, myself, and Beck. Yeah, baby. <laughs> That's right. And we're back with more action. Because uh, the things are starting to heat up. You know, this next round is, is going to be uh, very interesting. Because, um, Eric, do you want to do, real quick, before we get too far, do you want to do a rundown of last week, just a, a refresh of the bracket and who won and who's jumped onto this week? Uh, yeah, I'll go to, go, to, go to a quick recap of what we're, what we're covering this week. We've got game number one, Shawshank Redemption beating out Groundhog's Day, going up, uh, going up against Tombstone that beat out the usual suspects. In game number two, we have Raiders of the Lost Ark that beat out the Breakfast Club and A Quiet Place that beat out Boondock Saints. Game number three, we've got Rocky, who beat out the Joker last week, and Casablanca, that beat out Toy Story. Uh, And in the final game of this week's round, we've got Parasite, that narrowly beat out Split, um, and Dark Knight, that beat out Ocean's Eleven. All right. I think this is going to... I'm curious to see who's going to win, because already I I did not anticipate the matchups we were going to have. Um after first round i just it was a guessing game so as we get closer and closer i'm really curious to see who's gonna make it <laughs> not to mention well, i kind of wish groundhog day would have taken out shawshank because that would have been so much more interesting <laughs> it's true um before we jump into it though i will i will say with uh with a new round comes a few new rules whereas last week we each had too many two minutes to speak on our thoughts about the matchups and uh and, and give our vote. The voting system is staying this week, but we are ditching the two minutes in exchange for we have a 10-minute open forum discussion for each matchup. So each matchup will take 10 minutes um, where we'll all talk, share opinions, discuss, kind of like we do on a normal Friday films. And then at the end of the 10 minutes, we will vote on who we think should continue on to the next round of the bracket. Quick question with those rules. Um, can we do like tag team? Can I like sub out with another movie like halfway through? Just tag team, like all right, Rocky, yeah, substitute someone else in real quick. You know, Ocean, Ocean's Eleven, you're back in. Yeah, Ocean's yeah, Eleven, just bring back, back you. <laughs> There's our back next back. wild card. We'll just bring back a random movie Jordan's from like, round one. Jordan's like, wait, no, we're we're doing double elimination, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tag team style, we got this. Maybe, yeah, maybe next. Ocean's Eleven still has a chance in the losers bracket. <laughs> yeah. Is that what is that what we're gonna do in the next month? Just you know, all the losers then face off to see who's <laughs> the next best, who's the best of the worst. Right. Yeah, who's the best of the worst. That'd, that'd be interesting. Uh, well, um, all right, all right. Well, let's so get is, into. Is it. everyone ready? Are, is our contenders? Because I feel like this is gonna be uh, an old style Western standoff. You could say that. <laughs> all right. So yeah, yeah. I'm. Um, Let's let's get into it. Round one, Shawshank Redemption versus Tombstone. Ten minutes on the clock, starting now. Fight! You know, I realized right. these these both of these movies were like a year apart. I didn't realize that in round one. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are. Usual Usual Suspects was up there too. It was like ninety five, I think, mm-hmm. somewhere there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, we're not talking about Usual Suspects. We're talking about Tombstone v. Shawshank Redemption. <clears throat> now, this is going to be interesting. Both of these were longer movies. Um, well, over the two-hour market, if you want to call it longer movies. But we're, we're going to start getting into the part where we have two very good stories, both told in 
complete different styles. And this is where the hard part's going to be. Because you have great performances in both. <clears throat> you know me, I'm a sucker for the voiceovers. So, I mean, the Shawshank voiceover helps tell that story. Versus in Tombstone, you're seeing the story of, you know, Wyatt Earp and family coming and then, you know, from the law side, going back to it. So, the, the stories are pretty strong there. So I feel stories like stories are strong, but voiceover does not a movie make. No, no, it does not. I think it helps tell that story in a unique way, which is very powerful. Uh, but I think these two movies uh, aren't going to rely too much on the story. I feel like their argument needs to rely elsewhere. I'm I'm going to throw out the and I kind of touched <clears throat> on it last week with 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 Tombstone, how iconic westerns are not just in american cinema but in the the cinema worldwide like you can look at i mean any the the, the western is respected across you know the, the world over the american western i mean european countries tell stories of the american west you know i mean it's it's such an iconic time period to tell a story in and not only to tell a story but to tell a true story or a story based in truth you know altered of course for you know for cinematic enjoyment but all of the events and all of the people in this film are true if anything they left people out there was more you know erp siblings that weren't included in this um and it just it, it's it stands up so so well um shawshank does too as well but just tombstone man you got to take into that that that, Amer that american western classic into account uh, i completely agree i i am i guess in this case as i said i'm i'm partial to true stories and though stephen king great great writer you know um you know andy dufresne and red i think the story works out very well as you said it's a really good story but <laughs> what did eric say uh a narration does not a movie make. <laughs> a voiceover uh, is what he said. Oh, a that voiceover. was it. Yeah. A voiceover yes. does not a movie make. <clears throat> yeah. Andy Dufresne crawled through. crawled through a river of shit and yeah. came out clean on the other side. Um, it's great. It's great. It's but great. yeah, as as Eric said, the 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 story of Tombstone it just was so based in reality that I definitely had an appreciation appreciation for it. Um, even though they did take some artistic licenses other places. Um, uh, a scene that that I liked, I mentioned it to Derek the other day, was when they're all in the uh, the theater. They're sitting there shooting at the guy on the stage, having a good time. Mm -hmm. But then the same guy goes outside and starts, you know, shooting outside. And they go, "Oh, you're not allowed to do that. You know, you're going to yeah, prison yeah. now because you shot outside of the theater. You didn't, you didn't shoot at a guy. You <laughs> shot at a light or whatever." Uh, there are rules. <laughs> there's rules. No. You, can, you can only shoot at a guy on the stage. The the, the, the thing though is. When it comes to not just these two movies, but the rest of the movies uh, that we're going to go into in more details, I, I think that the fact that there is a reality baseline in this movie shouldn't really have too much of an effect of it being a perfect movie. Because we have no, movies right. that, you know, the story is made up. I mean, these things will never happen, but they're still considered perfect movies for multiple reasons. So even though I like the fact that Tombstone has history to it, I don't necessarily think that's a, a, an arguable... It's, uh, I, I, I do agree with that. I think it's just a good side note that, yeah. that there, are, there are, between Shawshank Redemption and Tombstone, both of them are incredible stories and, and, and great ways to tell a story. Uh, both of them could, you know, could uh, make phenomenal scripts and just books in general, but mm -hmm. one of them just happens to be real, which is which is surprising that there is a story that came out of the Wild West that you could you could think would have never happened, but actually did. So that is a good side note to have. But I do agree that just because it's based in truth does not, you know put it any higher above as far as storytelling goes um Shawshank Redemption or any or anything else on this list mm -hmm. um now acting however is is interesting because I mean you've got Shawshank does have Morgan Freeman and Tim Robbins yeah and those two are fucking titans uh in in in, in any of their performances but especially Shawshank but where I think Shawshank truly shines is not their performance; it's the writing, which which is based from you know Stephen Stephen King, and he is, you know, 
the Mark Twain of our generation or name any other famous author. I mean, he's he's the biggest name in writing in, in not only our generation, but two generations previous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he's been around for fucking ever. Um, and it, that's where I think Shawshank really, really shines is in its in its writing and in its um, cinematography, the way things are shot, and the way things are filmed. Um, Tombstone, I think, stands strong on its acting and it's uh, it's pacing and it's storyboarding the way they they put these events together and 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 chose to show them um, and the 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 actors they got to portray those and the way the actors really realized their characters uh, I think was really really neat I mean Val Kilmer alone was was stole the show I mean we talk Oscar level performances Val Kilmer Val Kilmer alone is is an Oscar quality performance. You know, so, oh yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree with you there. You can go. I mean, so like both casts are phenomenal, but I don't know. It's hard. So I mean, it's difficult. Hit on. I mean, the fact that yeah, you have two great movies with great performances by multiple different actors. Um, you know, and it could be argued over who had a better performance, but that's besides the point. Uh, but like like we said, there's more than to a movie than just one specifics. Like you mentioned. Uh, the way that the movies were shot and, you know, Shawshank had a lot of different camera angles, you know, yes, the story that was told helped great with that. But I want to hit on real quick, just because I thought I thought it was interesting looking back on both movies. What about the storm scene in both movies? <laughs> you, okay. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, come on, let's <laughs> yeah. just cut down to that scene real quick. You know, I started thinking like, man, they had a really good storm who, scene. I'm like, Oh yeah, that other one did, did too. We- who did weather better? Yeah. Who, let's, let's, let's just, Take it down to that. Said, I mean, I mean the escape scene. I think that's probably my favorite scene in. Um, uh, sorry, Shawshank Redemption. It's just, the climax of the film. He just goes through. Yeah. And it's like this is happening, and then he times his uh, rock strikes with the thunder. Oh, that's so cool! But and at the same the time, through the and film. the Morgan Friedman narration was. And at the same time, in Tombstone, you have that whole shootout scene at during the storm, where the one brothers, you know, killed in the pool table and all that, and you know. Mm-hmm. That pretty much is the the turning point for uh, Wyatt. You that's, know, that's the beginning of the, uh, the 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 beginning of the uh, the revenge ride. Yeah, yeah. So both these movies, which I thought was interesting, have this powerful storm story, which was kind of like the shift of the whole movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's that Arthur's craft for you. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, if, if, if it works, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> don't fix it. Right. Yeah. Hey, let's let's do that. Um, <laughs> But I think that overall, the, you know, the scores, these, uh, the different cinematic angles and stuff like that. I think both were really, really good in this movies. Um, yeah, the, the 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 ending of Shawshank too, with with him and uh, Tim Robbins and Morgan Freeman, you know, or Morgan Morgan Freeman, you know, following the breadcrumbs mm-hmm. uh, when he gets out to lead him to Tim Robbins and and, and staying in the same halfway house that. Um, What's his name did that committed suicide when he got out because he was too institutional or something. I think Brooks. Brooks. Yeah. Yeah. Brooks was here. Yeah. I mean, that alone was like, fuck me, man. Yeah. Like like they, they get, they, they throw Brooks out because he's too old, but he just, he's lived his whole life in prison and doesn't know. And, and, and that's reflect Morgan Freeman's reflects that Mm -hmm. he just had Tim Robbins as the motivation to continue forward. Um, So the ending, ending to that one was, was, Delightful. I think it was um, a little bit stronger than Tombstone was too, as far as I do. Goes. I mean, you I will that say whole, the I think know, Shawshank's the ending end, was stronger than than Tombstone's. Tombstone's ended in a way because um, Wyatt Earp, you know, continued to live out the rest of his life, and it ended showing that this man still has the li- the life he wants to live. He still has, uh, he can still live. Um, so it was a very hopeful ending. And the, for for the, Tombstone, despite what he went through, but I do think the stronger ending would probably be Shawshank. I, I, I think the other thing would be if you look at it closely, the stories are similar in a way too. I mean, you think about Shawshank, you had um, Tim Robinson's character Andy was wrongfully accused for a murder that he didn't commit, and right. so he has to go into prison. That's that was ten minutes. So oh, final final thoughts. Well, just I was just comparison the the fact that he goes in as an essentially a, an well, a good man going through this hardship to turn him into something he didn't want to be. And the same thing with Wyatt. Wyatt was a lawman, and he decides that he wanted to be out of it, and then his family gets dragged back into it, and he has to go on this essentially a killing spree to clear everything. You know, And he talks about how he never wanted to do that. 
So both of them kind of went through a similar story in a different way, which I thought was very interesting as far as comparison. Yeah. Final thoughts, Vic? Shawshank, good movie. Tombstone, good movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, said. well said. Uh, uh, Val Kilmer. Uh, uh, so yeah. sto- story of Shawshank Redemption, Val Kilmer. Um, I just loved it. Very good presence. The whole movie, like I said, was really good. Uh, based in reality, good story. Very interesting. And uh, I think it did a really good story showing the uh, character arc of uh, Wyatt Earp. I think we learned a lot about him as he moved on. He just wants to get away from the law, but it always mm-hmm. finds his way. He always finds himself in a situation where he's got to be that guy again. <laughs> Put on that old duster with his revolvers on his sides. Um, For me, I will say, just in this brief 10-minute dive, uh, going into this, there's uh, these movies are a lot more similar than I went into it this thinking. Once you really sat down and started, you know, internally analyzing... Um, they're a lot more similar than, than I originally anticipated. Uh, but with that, I have no idea how this is going to go. So, <laughs> um, I mean, Shawshank is fucking an icon and Tombstone is, is as well, just in a different way. Um, so we'll have to, we'll have to see. All right, boys, this is, uh, this is the first tough one. We ready to do it? Shawshank, yeah, I'm ready. Tombstone two. Shawshank 1, Tombstone 2. Count them down. 3, 2, 1. Reveal. Ugh. Wow. Okay, wow. Get fucked that was, uh, that was a that was a that was a coin flip for me, man. That was tough. That one. was uh I was I was talking myself into Tombstone. Wow. <laughs> and uh, or no, talking myself into um into Shawshank and then I just could not get Tombstone out of my mind you know every time I rewatch rewatch Shawshank I'm like this is fucking phenomenal but once I rewatch it I forget about it unless I'm referencing something just the scene the scene with Doc Holliday sticks with me where he starts spinning the cup around yeah having a a Latin boy fucking two educated boys having a Latin speak off (laughs) yeah everyone's like uh, I mean, I, I can it's, see the, I can see it being a flip of a coin. I mean, I I definitely see it. I I, I mean, I obviously I lean towards Shawshank, but uh, I mean, I grew up with Tombstone, so I mean, I it definitely there. I don't is a think strong movie for me too. We're we're getting in the area that there really are no losers, you know. Um, that was a that was a tough one. That was a toughie, but yeah. Tombstone Tombstone came out came out on top with a two to one vote. So Tombstone beat out Shawshank in round two in the quarterfinals. So let's see who it's going to face next. Um, you guys ready for game number two? What do we got? Uh, we have Raiders of the Lost Ark versus A Quiet Place. Two ooh. very different movies. Very much so. Um, very, very much so. All right. Ten minutes on the clock and begin. All right. So... This, this is a tough one. I, I'm going to start with A Quiet Place just because there was some really strong parts of that movie that I liked. And I know we hit on this in the first round in a brief scenario that the fact that the audio is one of the strongest points of this whole movie. The lack of sound in some places, the sound coming in in others, especially with the one little girl and the fact that she was deaf and couldn't hear. And that's what had a lot of play in this family essentially surviving this is because, you know, they were, they could sign language because they had to, they, you know, they had to communicate somehow. But when they played those audios where like, especially in the scenes where like she's walking and she's playing with the thing, like you can just see stuff going on with no audio, but you can hear the humming and all that. I think that really helped build the tension because you're like, oh, no, something's going to happen. They have no clue. Uh, But then at other times when things were actually going off, um, it's different sound effects and all. It really pulls you in, especially in that very intro scene. Like, Beck, you mentioned this about um, when the littlest one's playing with the spaceship on the bridge. I did not see that coming. And just it, it... throws you right off the bat which is very good as far as filmmaking goes because it, it, it just pulls you in you're like I, I you know it I can't do anything but watch this TV but the, it, the way they did it that set audio the, it cut, sets the it sets the stakes exactly yeah that the, there there's there are stakes to this right you mm-hmm. make noise you you die 
and, yeah. and the way they do it is great because you know it's like oh you know they're playing with it and then you just <sighs> kind of see it's like all kind of like mm, like quiet and all and you like see them kind of like all know like shock on their face turn around and then you like look around and you just see the flashing symbol you know of the lights and then all of a sudden the audio kicks in and then like all hell breaks loose and it's like whoa like but that tension built up with the audio is what really makes a quiet place great i mean don't get me wrong yeah. the the visual aspects you know you want to take into the fact that the movie was probably low budget because it was like one location with only like a handful of people and that's mm-hmm. all they needed that's awesome that's great but the direction like you said was done in such a great great way uh but i really think the audio is the strongest point the quiet place brings into this competition i i can definitely agree with that um something i liked about it in the same way i liked a parasite that the rich people weren't always like weren't like necessarily assholes i loved that these characters weren't fucking stupid no mm-hmm. like with the i mean bo's a little kid so he gets a pass for going out and going yeah, rocket, yeah. you know that's fine but then everyone else like they knew if 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 you fuck around you're gonna find out you know you're gonna you're gonna die and probably kill everybody with you so they weren't like actively going out and be like, I'm angry, I'm gonna go kick a thing just to be a dick and you know, they're they're always constantly on their game and uh, Yeah, you you have to control like you you must control yourself. Right. You must control everything. Well, and the know? other thing though is that I feel like this movie pulls you in as far as feeling for the characters. Yeah. So I'm not gonna lie, that towards the end of the scene where you know, um Oh, I forget the actual character's name. Evelyn, uh, Amy Blunt's character. Yeah. Where she's getting right. She's you know having contractions. She's going through all that, and she steps on the nail going that into nail. the nail. That oh, was like, so I felt upsetting. That. I, I felt that. I was like, I, oh, nail in the foot. No, yeah. no. Like you knew it was coming, but even then, well, it's like ah. And they te- they 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 foreshadow it because she yeah. like steps past it several times, several yeah, times, and the not bag realizing gets caught it's there, on it and like pulls on it, yeah. to, like straighten up. So yeah, and it just the way they built that tension up yeah. was like you, you like you felt it when she stepped on, like you could feel the nail go in your foot, and it was just like it just made you like shiver. And yeah. the fact that that movie pulls you in, I think, is also another strong suit of that. Um, but the performances, obviously, the performances were great too, because you know they yeah, didn't like, have to rely rely on you know speaking or anything which was great but kind of on the performances beck touched on this in his two minutes last week um you know john krasinski the the guttural yell oh god when he sacrifices himself at the end stuck with you because there was nothing that even the monsters screams there was nothing sound wise in that movie that carried any you know any weight up mm-hmm. until that moment and it was the weight of ultimate sacrifice for your family is what that first line carried and it was it was very uh very important and and it really did it really did hit you strongly um but also the acting of like like them running in dead silence to, to to go after the kids and just the fear on their faces and just this Mm-hmm. I can't say any, I can't say anything. I can't do anything. But I just I all I want to do is scream at the top of my lungs. And I know I can't. You know. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's so so well, and well even, done. Even with the other other boy and like the fear of the sound, like when they go to the river and all that, and you know he's afraid because they drops the fish. And it's like, look, it's okay. You know, this sounds bigger, louder than this sound. We're okay with quiet sounds as long as there's a louder sound, we'll be okay. And that whole like at the waterfall, you know, like even that kind of pulled you in. Yeah, um, that that was a scene I actually forgot about. That was probably one of my favorites, is that the, that he shows him like like his kid was terrified. He's realized he's raising his kid to be absolutely terrified of everything. It's like, listen, you don't need to be scared of everything. You just got to know that there's consequences to things. Yeah, and there's places we can go to be you know safe that we can kind of have something resembling a normal life. A normal. And an interesting uh, thing I found out: the character who the the actor who played uh, Reagan. Uh, Millicent Simmons, she's actually deaf. Um, yeah. So she was actually like she brought, I'm sure, something special to the table, showing like what deaf people do, how deaf people act, you know, things yeah. like that. Where like you know yeah. all the sign language and the tapping on shoulders and added a added a real level of credibility. Right. Of how 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 this is this is basically their life is right. living in a quiet place. You know, 
And that's that's how they that's that's how the you know deaf community lives their life. With Evelyn um, Emily Blunt's character, I I just may I don't know maybe just don't have a kid. I don't know like. Uh, yeah, I mean, I am, I am amazed at the amount of work and the yeah. infrastructure they laid down saying, hey, this is what this means. This is what these lights mean. When we're going to yeah. have the baby, we're doing this thing. Yeah. And like they had the DOS. communication with the other families, with the fires, stuff like that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, just DOS, 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 DOS baby coffin. Maybe don't bring a baby into the world. You know, I don't know. But <laughs> I, I like that, that twist, though, because it's kind of like, all right, well, this is what's what's happening. You know, what are we going to do to kind of survive this? Because it's, you know. But I do think I do think it was un it was unnecessary, and I don't think it's something that the characters would have chosen to do. I think no, I the think story was... the story without the baby could have been the same, even to the very very end. You I know, mean, there's was, other yeah. kids involved in this. There was you an know. arc to it. Most of the movie was leading up to the birth of the baby, then preparing for it and getting the groundwork yeah. going and stuff. And it's just yeah. one of those situations <clears throat> you don't know. Like I'm not a mother never will be right so i i don't know what the instinct is of wanting to have a kid and even if your life sucks you know maybe give it a chance to grow up mm-hmm. and continue your legacy i, I don't know but i wouldn't do now it personally no no we haven't touched at all on indiana jones and no i was gonna say towards the end here um but I, I don't think there's any denying that uh indiana jones is uh, is is an icon I mean, the influence it has, the number of references that you can pull from it. Think of how many times shows like Family Guy or any other cartoon you've ever seen or even any other movie you've ever seen have referenced, you know, the yeah. the the shooting, you know, the Harrison Ford shooting the guy with the sword or the rolling rock, you know, or the I hate snakes, Jacques. I hate them. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I mean, it's a pulp. It's a pulp icon. It, it's it. It, it along with a few other movies like created the summer blockbuster like steven spielberg created the summer blockbuster and indiana jones is one of the prime examples of that and arguably one of the most influential um examples of that um i mean indy will never die you know it's it's carried on a legacy that's that's massive in the grand scheme of things for having so little time on screen yeah comparatively you know, like Star Wars is massive. Star Wars is a phenomenon. So is Harry Potter. But Indiana Jones is up there with those. And yes. you're, you're only you, you only have screen time with Indy for, for three films. Not four, three. <laughs> yeah, we don't count that last one. Um, no, I, I, but you're so, right. Because, I mean, the thing about the Lego games and everything else, I mean, it's carried uh, its own. And I mean, the, influ- the influence it's had, man, I mean. I mentioned Tomb Raider and Uncharted, but just action movies in general. <clears throat> I mean, the the practical stunts that are continued on through this day. I mean, a lot of them owe their credit to to Indiana Jones for 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 doing that kind of stuff. You know, yeah. I mean, Harrison Ford did ninety percent of his own stunts. Like, there's interviews where where, where <sighs> stuntmen in that film were like, "Hey, man, can I can I please do my job? Like, they're paying me." <laughs> They're paying me to, to, to slide under this truck, you know, uh, not eat donuts from, from you know, craft services. <laughs> Please let me do my job. <laughs> but um, I know we didn't touch much on Indiana Jones, but that's our, uh, that is our 10 minutes. So um, final thoughts? Laredo's uh, of the Lost Ark, best Indiana Jones movie, best encapsulation of Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones. Best yeah, example I, I of a good series. It's... it's, it's it's really, really good. I mean, indie in general will always be a perfect film, uh, it's, whether it's, it wins or not. It's always going to be on its own a very good movie. They can stand the test of time, as it's well proven. It's not as good as yeah. the Crystal Skull, but you know, it's <laughs> <laughs> maybe if we do Indiana Jones in review, we'll see. I mean, that's just because it had uh, the LaBeouf in it, right? Yeah, it would have been better if it had Mutt Williams. Next time we <laughs> got, we got to do a bracket of the worst movies. Oh my god. Like the Crystal worst, Skull. like mainstream movies, not like a Thanks Killing or something, like yeah, big yeah. movies, Le- legitimate disappointments. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I feel like Mario Brothers is going to be on there somewhere. Well, well, yeah, we'll call it the legitimately disappointing tournament. <laughs> That's good. Uh, um, but no, yeah, Indiana Jones is it's. Um, I'm not going to sit here and pretend it's not one of my one of my one of my favorites, but that doesn't mean it's not uh, damn near perfect as well. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. 
I mean, the things the things it did for for action movies in general and revitalized like the pulp hero, you know, based on like 1920s comic strips and whatnot. It revitalized that 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 type of character, um, which continued on. So that's that's it for for, for me. So we're gonna we're gonna vote. This is um, right. be this interesting. Is, this is this is hard. So we're we doing <laughs> one for indie and uh, two for quiet place. Yes, one for indie and two for quiet place. God, it's gonna I be a split a, decision for me. I need, a moment, I, I need a moment to gather my thoughts. Oh. One for indie, two for quiet place. Okay. One indie, okay. two quiet. One indie, two quiet. I know, I can tell, but that look on your face, you, all of us, we're like, ah, reveal, I don't know which way to go. Can we, can we vote re- for both? I mean, that, that's, reveal, that, this is how I felt for a couple of rock, these. Rock, paper, scissors? I, yeah. mean, uh, I mean, I've got, I, my, my fingers are like, uh, uh, I know, yeah. <laughs> I don't know which way to go in this one. All right. All right. Re- reveal. Goes down. In three, two, one. <gasps> oh! Eric went indie. I went indie. I went I, indie. I, I was I was expecting you to Jordan. go quiet. I really was. So I know Eric, you wanted Eric, to fight for indie, but I Eric, was expecting quiet. Eric went indie. Jordan and I went a quiet place. That was a that was a last minute one. And my reason why, so quiet place wins. But my reason why is because in fifty years, Indiana Jones will still be remembered. I don't think I don't know a quiet place will. The lessons we learned from a quiet place will. Oh, you're, I film, mean, you're, you're sleeping on our boy John Krasinski. If he goes off and makes true. huge movies, this is going to be That's remembered true. as That's the true. one. Maybe, maybe true, too soon but, to tell. But at the same time, <laughs> I, I don't necessarily think one individual can make a movie last forever. I think the movie itself can make last forever. That's so, true. I mean, I mean we That's talked true. about you know some of the movies in first round pick that obviously didn't make it on. Boondock Saints, for example, we talked about how that was not a blockbuster or not a big movie, but was you know a special that became a cult classic because the movie itself was good. Yes, it had good actors, it had good directing, but the movie as a whole is what carried its own throughout time. Right. So, so Quiet Place beats out Raiders of the Lost Ark to make it to the semifinals. I, I was really surprised with that one. That one was, lie. yeah, that one was, that was a toughie. That one, that one was not easy. They're getting, they're getting harder, guys. They're getting harder. And we've got, uh, we've got, uh, we've got another difficult one right here. Oh, God. That's right. Oh, I forgot about this Ma- one. Matchup number three, Rocky versus Casa Blanca. Two, <laughs> two incredibly influential films. Um, my arguing for both of these so, is, is the same. So, I, uh, <laughs> so imagine it's like, uh, just the way to so decide. Hold on. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Before the way to decide is imagine Rick and uh, Rocky Balboa in the ring together and think about who wins. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, though. Like, <laughs> blow for blow, it's going to be hard. <laughs> All right, well, let's see. Let's see how it nets out. Ten minutes on the clock, starting now. All right, so I know going into first-round pick, some of my arguments for both of these movies were the fact that they stand the test of time. I mean, we talked about... Rocky being a you know short easy film that was created like in a weekend essentially yeah. went on to creating essentially a legacy for itself. I mean multiple Rockies, spin-offs, creeds and so on. I know there's can be debate on which movies count or don't count. Besides the point, the fact that it's carried its own over all these years and you know essentially has in the filmmaking world been a great hit because they made something out of nothing and you know profit off of it essentially doesn't necessarily make it the perfect movie Casablanca on the other hand we talked about how it literally started years of I guess a history of filmmaking you know what we look at today we take examples from this movie you know the editing the directing the acting everything and even today all these years later that movie still holds its own so right off the bat both of these in my opinion are almost equal in their own way. So that being said, someone else, please come and help me with this. I mean, <laughs> seriously, I, someone I, else I, jump in and give me something <laughs> else to think about because like, I got you, buddy. Uh, just uh, in Casablanca, I felt a big part of the subtext that I didn't realize. Uh, as I said last week, a big part of it is, Hey, fuck you Germans. You fucking Nazis. Um, 
And what I didn't know about it is a very large portion of the cast here were Jewish immigrants um, in this movie, which I thought that was really interesting, a very big statement for the time. You know, imagining how scary that situation could be, and you're putting yourself out there. Um, So I think that really speaks to it. And as Jordan touched on, it's definitely a movie that I would say transcends time. Um, It's definitely... It's definitely a product of the time it was released, but I don't think that takes away from how it'll last. You know, in 50 years, I think it'll be just as good as it is today. Yeah. Um, just if you just know your history and keep up with that, I think it, it would hold together very well. And Rocky's, you know, the same deal where it's, you know, it's David versus Goliath. It's a, it's a you know, tale as old as time. This guy gets his shot. He goes for it. He goes the distance. Um, with a little bit of love and stuff mixed up in there. Um, and I mean, you, you just to jump in, you mentioned it last week with, with Rocky is, is what, what makes Rocky great? You know, it's written, directed, acted, blah, 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 blah. But what really makes Rocky great is the fact that he doesn't win at the end. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. if he won at the end, it would just be another boxing movie. Right. A good boxing movie, but just another boxing movie. The fact that he doesn't win is 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 the story of of Rocky, you know, and it's something that we all we all strive to to be and to emulate is that fighter, you know, where when the chips are down, you you you, you got to keep swinging, you know, yeah, you know, hit him again, Rock, you know, mm-hmm. it's just it's it's so relatable. Um, in so many ways and endlessly rewatchable. Um, and Casablanca is just, it's beautiful. And, and I mean, Beck touched on the, the time that it was made and, and you, we're all product of, products of our time and we can adapt and change, but films are locked in to the period of time of which they're made. They're representative, like all art is of, of, the period and the the area in which it is created and it's representative of that um Casablanca and Rocky are no exceptions to that but it is amazing to see that something made during the prime of World War II in a very very different America you know uh, in a very different time holds up in a way that you would never expect it just it speaks to it speaks cross generations you know it's there's 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 there is something in Casablanca for everyone you know anybody whether you're a film snob or not can sit down and watch Casablanca and you will truly get something out of that you know um can we say that about Rocky so I want to I want to just put a little side note. I don't know. Do you guys have IMD pulled up with the the two movies? Mm-hmm. Okay. Did you look at the comparison between the two? Like, I'm just skimming over because I have both of them next to each other. Just as we're talking that way, I can reference both and forth. <clears throat> and I'm just looking over at the star rating, um, how many awards they won, uh, <laughs> the popularity. And, and like, just I'm looking at all the stats and I'm looking at the comparison of the two. Does anyone else see what I'm seeing here? Hold on, let me let me get back to it. I mean, I'm just like I'm laughing because the more we go back and forth between these two movies about the pros and cons of these movies, I'm like, wow, the fact that we have these two as a matchup in our tournament is amazing. <laughs> because I'm looking, do you do you see what I'm talking about now? Yeah, do you yeah, see I the see star rating? About. Okay, you see the star rating, right? Yeah, eight point one for Rocky, eight point five for Casablanca. Yeah, both won look, three look, Oscars. Both yeah. won three Oscars. Yeah. Um, the reviews, I mean, I didn't get into too many of the reviews. I mean, more reviews on Casablanca, obviously, than uh, Rocky. But I just, I was just, like, looking through, and I'm like, wow. The, the strong points of both movies are, are almost identical in it's this what tournament, makes it, which is it's hysterical. It's what makes it tough. I mean, this, this, is, this, is, this is probably, of, of the ones we've done so far, this is the, uh, the closest that I think it really comes down on what your definition of a perfect movie is, you know. I mean, it, I agree with you there. I mean. It's, um it's they're they're both they're both so good and i would probably say rocky is more iconic i think more people are going to be able to reference rocky but that's simply because of when it was made 
Yeah. You know, yeah. if, if if Casablanca was made in nineteen seventy the nineteen seventies, I don't think we'd we, we'd be having a much different conversation. You know, it'd, it'd be I, very I also different. think though, if it was made in the seventies, it wouldn't be the movie that we are talking about today. I think no. it'd be a completely different movie. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, fuck, guys, this one's this one's tough. We've still got a uh, we still got three minutes on the clock, so we got. Wow, really? We, gotta, I yeah. we went way over that. Yeah. I thought no, Tim was gotta, up like forever ago. We're 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 all we're all torn here. We're 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 debating in circles. We're each defending each other's arguments. <laughs> that's that's it. Um, um, well, okay. So not that it creates a strong point or a weak point, but we I, I'm just more for reference than anything. We talked about this being the one black and white movie of the tournament, but does that really have any play in this? No, it doesn't because like like black and white you you cannot relate relate Casablanca in a way of visual effects because it is in the dawn of filmmaking true know? however beck brought up a good point in the first round that even with the black and white the way the contrast the shading the lighting on the actors and all you use, was done in yeah. a very great way and that's a good shine of or good sign of the the filmmaking like yeah. how they did it i mean yeah they had black and white film so they can't relate to color but they used it to their advantage with the way they stage everything with lighting and all that you use you use what you have and it, mm-hmm. it, it, to to tell the story that you need to tell, and Casablanca is a phenomenal example of that. I think that's that's, that's a good breakout uh, breakout point, just from the visual to storytelling aspect alone. You can get a lot more from the background of Casablanca than I think you do from Rocky. Yeah, you know? but then you also, like you said, you have that iconic scene with the the statue and the running up the steps and all that. Yeah. Same thing. Use what you got. I mean, so I know we're we're kind of back to just cycling around but i wanted a different point of view something else to look at because one of the strong things for me watching casablanca i mean yes it's a black and white film and like beck said it's a piece of art and all that in its time was great but can still relate to today you can still Mm -hmm. use it as any type of filmmaking class to teach these kind of things and the fact that it holds up all these years now i'm not going to say that rocky's you know not going to hold up that test of time as well because it definitely has and definitely will I mean, even if they continue to constantly make more and more movies or not, it doesn't matter. I mean, both of them, I think, will stand the test of time. But I think well, I, more can be pulled yeah. from Casablanca than than Rocky in that in that stance. Yeah, and I'm trying to think of I'm trying to think of this, you know, because Rocky Rocky continued on to make many many iterations of itself over and over again. Um, I'm trying to put myself in the situation of if we only had Rocky one. No, what, I mean that's true. What where would my as, mind be? It, it's because... hard it's hard to say, but as Jordan said, this was not a movie designed to have, you know, four sequels. No, it wasn't. It was it designed was to be a, a one-off movie. movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. And, and yeah. it it ends that way. I mean, it grows into a legacy, which is nice. But yeah. I mean, when you look at it, you know, if I remember correctly, the story goes and correct me if I'm wrong, Stallone pretty much came up with the script in like a weekend. And you know, put it together. I mean, if I'm not like most movies in the way you would want them to be, it was a low budget movie that brought in tons of money. And then the fact that it brought in multiple, multiple sequels on top of that, whether you want to argue that or not, I mean, it, I think it all around makes a good point of what I guess a filmmaker would want yeah. to make as a, a perfect movie. Well, sadly, that's our ten minutes. <clears throat> um, any any final thoughts? That other than us to continuing that. to debate in circles and defend each other's opinions and yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm know. good. I got nothing else to say. I mean, I, I, it's a broken record at this point. Okay. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. I okay. all right. Let's let's do this. This is um. This... I feel like I need a coin somewhere. Just keep flipping yeah. it around. <laughs> uh, one for Rocky, two for Casablanca. One for Rocky, two for <clears throat> Casablanca. All right. Count us down. Three. Two, one, reveal. I can't look. <laughs> okay. I, I love think... Rocky so much. Rocky's so good. That was man. one that I had to really separate uh, your favorite Oh, just to clarify, movie. Casablanca won. Yeah, okay? just to, We're yeah, all talking about clarify. Rocky, but Rocky did not win. <laughs> Sorry, una- unanimous decision. Yeah, uh, much, much, Much like the fight with Apollo Creed, a unanimous decision. Um, yes. Uh, yeah. It, <clears throat> I, but you know what? I, I, I mean, had to, to hold sep- true to Rocky. That that's great, and you know it's still going down swinging. Uh, yeah, I really had to um, 
separate my favorite movie, which Rocky is probably one of my favorite movies, from mm-hmm. the most perfect movie. Um, mm-hmm. That was, I and think it becomes hard. Oh, I yeah. think I think that's where that debate came down. You know, because I, while I'm very happy Casablanca won, because I I do phenomenally love that film. I I can honestly say on on your average Sunday, I would sit down and watch Rocky. Casablanca, yep. I would you know, would be one that would stick with me. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it stuck with me more, but I, I I can't go back to every weekend. You know, Rocky. Yeah, Rocky's more of an easy rewatch than Casablanca. Yeah, yeah. because yeah. there's, there's it's it's got to be said. There's less to take in. I'm sure you yeah. could watch Casablanca a hundred times and get something and then you, different. You keep getting new things. You go, oh, I didn't notice. Yeah, that guy back there is looking. That could be a, a metaphor for this or. Whatever. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, I think that's what it comes down to, Beck. Is it, it was it was that separation of favorite versus. Right. I fucking I perfect. love love boxing. Love fucking Sylvester Stallone. It's just Casablanca was the more perfect movie. Yeah. So that uh, so Casablanca defeats Rocky in a very hard fought bout in round yeah. two to make it to round three. Uh, last matchup of. The week is Parasite versus The Dark Knight. This is two of my picks going against each other right now, and I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, that happened to me round one, buddy. One of my favorite movies got knocked out round one by me. I, I don't like yeah. this. By my second favorite movie. Um, so Parasite versus Dark Knight. Let me get 10 minutes on the clock. Ten minutes on the clock and begin. All right, so th- this is a, a hard, hard battle. Like they all have been, but again, this one I think relates to the fact that they are two powerhouse movies in completely different styles. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you have good stories, you have you know, good special effects. You know, as far as cinematography and all that goes, movie scores, all that stuff. And the performances are good, too. Now, I think that's where it's going to become a little bit harder to separate is because you had a good performance in Parasite by all the actors and you know they helped tell the story. But I think Parasite relies more on the story itself as far as what's being told, the comparison between the low-life, mid-life, high-life people and how they all interact and so on. Versus a Dark Knight, the story is really a you know it's a superhero movie where you have Batman trying to stop you know the bad guy, the Joker. But there's a deeper story involved there that if you take it out of the comic book reference, might not stand as as well as the movie it is together. If that makes sense, uh, like I think it relies on the fact that it is a comic book movie. You have the superhero and the villain, but you have these strong performances where the good guy has to decide if he's going to become bad to take out the bad guy. Like, where does he draw the lines? And that bad guy's there to test that. Um, I mean, this is just starting. I mean, you, by all means, you guys jump in and, yeah. and spin off anytime you want. To kind of, to kind of jump on that, uh, D- Dark Knight is, in more ways than one, and the symbolism is in no way, shape, or form hidden in the Dark Knight. It is, it is the story of duality. It is, It is, you know... Joker v. Batman, polar opposites on, on, on a moral spectrum, but two sides of the same coin. Then you've got Two-Face, who is literally two sides um, of the same coin. That is true, because um, I never hit on Two-Face at all in first-round pick. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, it, is, it is the duality of humanity and, and what motivates us in the decisions we make. And can we be better than... Can we be better than 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 our decisions? Can we be more? You know, can we sacrifice what's most important to us for what we mor- morally know is the right thing to do? Um, and that's represented across all of the characters in the various conflicts in the Dark Knight. And that's not—I mean—that's a story that's absolutely been told before in in many many different ways. Um. And I think there is something to does that hold up outside of the context of a comic book movie? You know, I think it I think it falls back to the same question, same introspective question you asked about Rocky. Does this one particular movie 
stand by itself or do you need all the subtext of all the comic books and everything you know about Christian Bale and Heath Ledger and the Joker in this one movie um, whereas Parasite obviously it's a standalone movie completely independent out of nowhere because nobody knows the actors and at least no Americans know the yeah, actors I'm, in Parasite I'm looking at the IMDB and I, I kind of don't want to try to pronounce any of these names I, bu- um, I, but- I butchered them during the review and, and apologized profusely ahead of time. Yeah. Um, so I get you. I get but you. It's, it's a really difficult question because I don't know us as humans can do that to like confidently know that we're only being influenced by this one particular piece of media and not all the outside influences. Yeah. Because you're, mm-hmm. you're, autom- you're automatically going to have the pi- have the bias of if you're a Batman fan, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and I said in my two minute pitch for this last week that the thing that makes the Dark Knight so special is it's not just a good comic book movie. It is a good film. Um, and I still maintain that because it does deal with things and represent things through the veil of comic books that no other comic book movie before really did, mm-hmm. um, which which was very, very unique, and it changed the game. It changed the way they made comic book movies uh, going forward. Um, I do think it stands on its own, at least within its franchise. You know, I don't think you need um, Batman Begins to, to, to get the Dark Knight, mm-hmm. you know. No, uh, definitely I th- not. I, I mean, think you can, you can it, jump in without I, watching yeah, Batman Begins. I think it accents it, but you—it's not needed. And I think that is—I think it does stand on its own in that aspect. Um, but I'm not sure if it stands on its own outside of the aspect of the comic book and the additional influence um, that that has. And I agree with you, Parasite. I mean. The reason Parasite worked for me is because I had absolutely no like I, I, I I'm very familiar familiar with the director I've seen you know the director's other works Bung John Ho, um, uh, several of his other works before, but I don't know any, any of the actors in this movie you know I went in I went in with zero expectations whatsoever uh, to watch this other than hearing it's a pretty good movie okay mm-hmm. cool I, I've seen a lot of pretty good movies. You know, and, so, it, and it impacted in just just an incredible way. And I think it tells something deeper than Dark Knight might. Something I, I that, can see where you're... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Go okay. ahead. No, go, go ahead, Beck. I would, go ahead. Uh, I mean, something to touch on what you said, um, it can both help and hurt. As we said, like Heath Ledger was... He was he wasn't typecasted by you know was it ten reasons what what was what ten was ten movie? things I hate about you ten things I hate about you yeah yeah um whereas with all these uh, Korean actors that we've never heard of before they're like in no way typecasted yeah you know like they're not it's not like a Jason Alexander type deal um where we only see him as one person whereas Korean audiences might not see it that way one of these guys might be Korean Elvis. Yeah. So they don't take him seriously at all. But to us, we go, oh, nice. Yeah. You know, so it's hard to say um, or that can help you or it can hurt you depending on the context. And it's very difficult to say, like, you know, like in, in the Batman movies, I guess the difference between Batman and Rocky is Rocky was the first of its kind, followed by a bunch of other things. Whereas by this point, DC had created a universe that this was complementing. So they're kind of using that as supplementary material that is a bonus, um, if you know it. Yeah. Which I think is is really interesting. Whereas Parasite might do that someday. I doubt it. By the way, it's by the way it's going. But I do like the little universe they created and the story that they're telling. And it, and it doesn't. And it, yeah, I mean, Parasite doesn't need to be though. It's kind of it's kind of like when we when we talked about Rocky in the last one is, you know, it's Rocky could have been a one and done. You know, and we have no way of knowing if it would have stayed the test of time without having the sequels. We have no way. I like to think it would because I think it stands on its own. But um, Parasite, you know, has it, 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 it says the story that it needs to say from start to finish. And Dark Knight does rely on the additional sorts material. And I think there is an expectation with the comic book aspect of Dark Knight that it has to go a certain way 
you know, and they and they deviate from that in, in certain aspects of like Heath Ledger's performance as the Joker and and the way it truly affects Batman. But those relationships aren't necessarily unique. They're just unique to film. Yeah. You know, those 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 type dynamics have existed in the other Batman media, um, you know, comics and otherwise. Uh, it's just it's the first time we saw that caliber of of. Uh, expectation executed on screen. Right. Um, I, I'm so. going to jump in and hit off on both your guys' comments on that. Uh, I agree as far as performances go that the fact that we look at like Christian Bale and Michael Caine and all that and we know what to expect going into The Dark Knight uh, was awesome. And even though we knew who Heath Ledger was, we've mentioned in the round one, and I think you guys will both agree, that it's hard to see Heath Ledger in this movie. Yeah. It's the Joker, plain and simple. And it's the Joker that we've all established as the Joker. I mean, you can argue different games and so on and all that. When we think of Joker, we think of Heath Ledger. But when we think of Heath Ledger, we don't think of the Joker until after the Joker. Yeah. Um, but but and, I, and, I will kind of touch on... Sorry, sorry. <clears throat> to, um, this is kind of like Split is... Kind of like what we talked about with Split last week. Is, is Heath Ledger's performance as the Joker, what makes the Dark Knight so great? Or is yeah, it such that's a essentially what I was, I was getting to, yeah. yeah. But I think it's irrelevant. Um, He's a part of the movie. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I think it's a true, garbage yes. argument to yeah. be like, yeah, well, if, if, Beck, if he Beck wasn't in it, the, it wouldn't be a good Beck movie. Yeah, no shit. Defense. <laughs> and that, that's what I was getting at, because you guys mentioned the fact that you have these different characters, and the fact that we don't know a lot of the Korean characters in Parasite, mm-hmm. we do know the ones from The Dark Knight. And, and if the roles reverse, would that matter? Yeah. And my, my whole point with Heath Ledger is, you know, yes, he played a hell of a Joker, but... I don't see Heath Ledger when I watch this movie. I see the Joker, which right. kind of defeats the purpose as far as yep. his character. That's that's, How, that's 10 minutes. So final okay, thoughts. Well, well, my final question was really going to be, what about the darker side of both of these movies? You mean the black you and know, white version? Yeah. No, not, yeah, not, just, not, not just the black and white version. I mean, in, in The Dark Knight, it is literally the dark side of Batman. Yes, mm-hmm. it's a Batman comic song, but it's a darker look at a movie and it's the same with Parasite, and you can argue that Parasite was a darker meeting, or it had a darker heart to that movie. When you look into it, you and you look at what these families go through in all the you know low, medium, high. You know when this family's trying to get that money to make them better, and they have to go through. You know, we talked about the whole storm and all of that. There's a darker meaning to both of these movies that I think have a huge impact on shaping what they became. I, I I agree. I think I think I think Parasite hit stronger on that aspect because because as as absurd as it may sound for a poor family to slowly work their way into the lives of a rich family, it is something that could conceivably happen, and the oh, consequences yeah. of that you know are represented rel- relatively okay, minus the you know the crazy guy in the basement. Um, but that was all you know metaphorical stuff as well it's i do think the darkness that parasite represents is a much more real and relatable darkness than that of the dark knight um but they are both fucking dark yeah i could could argue that so beck final thoughts uh final thoughts uh dark Dark knight good movie parasite good korean movie (laughs) no uh both both very strong movies uh they stand alone by themselves very well um both came out at a very good time. Uh, Dark Knight touched a lot on terrorism and things, which was, you know, a high point at the time. Mm-hmm. And Parasite talking about, you know, the uh, you know, mental illnesses and dealing and with cla- class disparity. Class disparity is huge. Um, yeah. So I think that really complements them both very well. Um, yeah, they're both both fairly critically acclaimed. So now we're down to the vote, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. Uno es Parasite, dos as the Dark Knight. One for Parasite, two for Dark Knight. Okay. Put him up. Jordan sounds so unhappy. Well, just because I'm, I'm fighting with myself, you know, which way to go with this. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to, I know what I want to go with, but I'm trying, I'm second guess myself. Like, is it the right, right choice? You know right. what I mean? All right. Three, two, one. 
Okay, no, that that's fine. That makes me happy. <laughs> because, like I said, I was, like, like back and forth, fine. and I'm that's like, I, I'm just going with it. I mean... For those listening so I'm, at I'm home, it was, a, uh, it was a two-to-one win for Parasite. Yeah. So, Parasite defeats the Dark Knight and makes it to round three. Oh, Casablanca v. Parasite. Casablanca v. Parasite. Oh, and Shawshank Redemption v. Tombstone. No, Tombstone v. A Quiet Place. I'm sorry, sorry, Tombstone v. A Quiet Place. I looked at the wrong bracket. Wow. Yes. So, before we before we wrap up, yep, the Oof. semifinals. Tombstone that beat out Shawshank Redemption versus A Quiet Place that beat out Raiders of the Lost Ark. And Casablanca that beat out Rocky against Parasite that just beat out The Dark Knight. That is our semifinals for next week. Wow. It's getting right. harder. It's getting harder, guys. <laughs> it's getting harder. It really is. It really is. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's crazy. So I love I love that round one we had a parasite V split, which I feel is, could be a very strong contender for the finals, and that was round one. Yeah. And now yeah. we're looking at Parasite yeah. V Casablanca all going, right. oh fuck. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, what did I'm we just, do? <laughs> I'm just saying Rocky could destroy Rick Blaine in a fight. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Uh, uh, oh my god. It's it's interesting. Okay. Well, that's uh, Jordan, man. Take us out. All right. Well, I mean, that was that was a rough matchup. I mean, yep. I'm I'm hoping people are keeping up with us and excited for the next round, uh, because it's it's only gonna get more interesting from here on out. And I'm constantly questioning who's gonna make the top one, because I really thought going into this that our wild card with Shawshank was going to win the brackets. So I'm kind of glad it's not still in the brackets, but I'm also kind of disappointed. I'm not going to lie. At least they got beat uh, out by Tombstone and not something like Ocean's I, Eleven. Or... No, no, that's true. That's very true. <laughs> I mean, I, although I would have loved to see Groundhog's Day take it out in round one, and that would have made it so much better. You would have uh, one very irate audience if fucking there, Groundhog Day <laughs> beat out Shawshank Redemption or even Tombstone know, it's just, in the it's next round. It's just a funny matchup. There exists, you know? there exists a universe where Groundhog's Day at least makes it to the 70s. <laughs> not, a reality not too far away from this one. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. you think about it, because what would a, Groundhog would have gone against Tombstone? So yeah, it's fucking destroyed. Like, <laughs> it's, it's not uh, beating. It's not beating Shawshank Redemption. It's sure as hell not beating Tombstone. Uh, yeah, probably. Not. And then it's not beating so. a fucking quiet place. No, no. <laughs> so, so, all right. With that, Eric, I'll let you take the outro as far as uh, where to catch us until next week. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for yet another episode of Friday Films Round 2 of the March Madness Most Perfect Film Bracket. If you liked what you listened to on this episode, don't forget, hit us up on any social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Who Do Prevent, Prevents, Presents. (laughs) Prevents. Let us know what you think of the tournament so far. Let us know where your picks lied. If you chose the same bracket we did and you did a March Madness style thing or you thought who's going to win over this, that, 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 we'd like to know how accurate you were thus far because there were some surprises for us. Um, so hit us up on social media at Who Do Presents. All right, everyone. We really hope you all are enjoying this tournament and are excited like we are for round three. But until then, just gonna let the roll. You know, I did a little mock-up of this, of how I thought it was gonna go before we started, and I I put Joker above Rocky. Um, So my my whole thing. I I saw that going. I thought Parasite was gonna beat Split, and I thought Dark Knight was gonna beat um, Ocean's Eleven. So. You know, here's the funny thing. We talked about the worst or the the losers of these matches going against each other. Mm-hmm. I'm curious. Split versus Dark Knight. Split. That would have been an interesting what? one. Boondock Saints versus Breakfast Club. That would I mean just Boondock Saints. I mean, we talked about having really really good movies, but just right. matching these up in a different bracket yeah. is hysterical because we would have a completely different argument. Mm-hmm. Um, because you look at the movies very differently when you compare them to Whatever. Exactly. Comparing it to yeah, Toy I mean, Story isn't the same as comparing it to Parasite. No, the, ar- the, arguments, the arguments change so much, um, you know, based on based on what it's up against. Right. So it's yeah. 
It's really interesting. The things you have to pull from and the things you have to reference are, are different. Because you know, if, if, if you're trying to push Parasite over Split, you're not complimenting the strengths of the lead actor. That's for no. goddamn sure. <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> hey, it works. Because I, I would have loved to see Joker matched up against the Dark Knight. So it was a standoff between Joker. That would, that would be good. That would have been very interesting. But I, I had no faith <laughs> of them making it past what they would have had to go on the, through two rounds. They would have had to gotten to the semifinals. I just didn't see only, it The only way those two would have been a, ever faced off against each other is if they were matched up together in round one. I don't think. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think if we had a different bracket, there's a chance they could have made it to the semi or to the second well, round, mean, depending yeah, Joe, on I mean, who they, they went against in the first round. So, I mean, there, there is options, but in this bracket, there was no way of seeing it happening. But I'm curious to I mean, see what argument we would have made between those two movies. If you put Joker up against Groundhog Day and Dark Knight up against The Breakfast Club, uh, they, they, they could meet in round two. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that's the only way that it could happen. Well, what if Shawshank went against Casablanca in round one? It could have, but I mean, Usual Suspects it, went against it, Tombstone. I'm upset about that's that true. one. true, yeah. Well, that's, that's true, too. But Shawshank, I, I'm just saying, Shawshank like, v. Casablanca in round one would have been a fucking nightmare. Yeah, especially, that, that, with, yeah. especially with only two minutes to talk about it. That would have had to have been a whole episode. Yeah. yeah. Well, and here's here's another thing. You know, we, we didn't really get into too much detail during the show, but remember, Shawshank was one of two wild cards that we could have picked. Think about this bracket had we gone with Panther over Shawshank as far as the wild card. Uh yeah. This bracket would be completely different. I might have I picked Groundhog Day over Panther, honestly. I think I would have, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah I love, I love Black Panther. It's hard. It's yeah, of, I love it. Love it's it. one of my favorite Marvel movies, but I, I think I would have picked... I think Groundhog Day is more perfect than Black Panther. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I guess we'll never know. Because Black, Black Panther is very difficult to separate from the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess I guess we'll, we'll we'll have to guess, but I'm excited for for next week. I just can't wait <laughs> for sure. <laughs>